Got the water. You hear it? What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Speaking is a free action podcast. Uh, I'm your host. Uh, today I'm here with CJ and Tyler again. Sometimes I wonder in my brother's podcast why they don't say names of people because they say it and it makes me like skeptical that you're not supposed to do that. And now I feel like I've ever every time I listen to theirs and they they use like their online names, I think they're I think they know something that I don't, but I don't want to ask because I'm nervous. I don't know if you we know. don't give out our we don't give out like our full legal names. So that doesn't really matter. I, I think I the full legal name. Yeah, like yeah, like just call me Tyler. That's fine. I think it's fine saying our actual names. I like that more. I feel like it makes us more, more relatable. Know, human. Yeah. Yeah, but I w- I would want people to know my online gamer tag. You don't. I don't want. Oh, that's no. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want people to know that shit. Fortunately. Yeah, could you imagine if like any of the boys on GCP was like ever said that? Like, dude, they'd be getting like Xbox messages nonstop. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know we're not that popular. But, yeah. Like, I I don't I wouldn't want people to know. I mean, they put out like their their Twitter tags and stuff, their ads and stuff, so you can like. Yeah, uh, Twitter is fine, but like yeah. that's not my gamer tag. That's true. You don't want to like be sitting down playing some Elden Ring and then somebody like send yeah, you get... a PM and just be like, Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> I'm busy right now. I'm trying to kill yeah, Margaret for three weird. weeks. Look me up on Discord or something. I don't know. I just feel like that'd be weird. That's a good point. But we're back, everybody. Um, and the first thing we have to address, this is very serious, is um, Henry Cavill, we fell for the joke. Uh, I think it was really funny that you guys made an April Fool's joke and hurt our feelings about the Warhammer 40k Elden Ring. Um, and I think the only way you can patch it up is by releasing season three of The Witcher. Um, so I'll be waiting for an email saying it's coming. Um, and then moving on from that, uh, that that's it. I just want to make sure that Henry knows that that will be expecting his call with the uh, season three because he's publicly embarrassed us because I didn't read all the way to the very, very, very bottom of the article because I just hoped and prayed that it was true. And you know, a lot so of people, reality, they don't think that... you should be mad at you. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the thing is, is that, uh, it's easier to, to get got by things like articles whenever they're published on April the 1st and they just get left up forever. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. They could have also like not left it up. Like it was a true article, which makes me think that I don't remember where we read the article, but it makes me think they got got too. And they were like, check out this sick article. Can't believe this is happening. But yeah, definitely got got. Which is fine. It's, st- not, fine. it's not fine. We wanted the 40k. I, I'm upset. I wanted it so bad. That sounds amazing. It does sound really cool. And a lot of people didn't think it would do well. Like they were like, I don't think it'll play well. I think it'll, it'll be a good story. I think it would do just fine. I, don't, I mean, if it's 40k, right, with guns and stuff, it would probably play really weird. Well, what if, uh, well, I saw 46's review. We were going to probably mention him about when we got to the Dark Souls stuff. But um, he did a whole little, like, his thoughts on how it would run. And it was kind of like, 
the normal Dark Souls TTRPG, or not TTRPG, uh, Dark Souls kind of start where you start off and you, you know, you, you're probably in a good start. This is the tutorial. You're playing through it. It's okay. And then all of a sudden it turns, you know, completely on the other side around, you know, how the turntables have. And now you're left on this planet alone with no ammo. So all you have is like your starter weapon and you play through the game and eventually towards the end, that's when you get your like bolter and then you can start doing like crazier shit. But I think it could work. It'd be weird, but it could work. I think it could work. That's so sick. I want it. I think the reason people were kind of like down on that idea is because of Warhammer 40k having like weapons and stuff. Um, yeah. From Software hasn't made a game with a gun in it in a long time, but I mean, their early stuff was like a lot of firearms, like armored cores. Like yeah, I mean, people love Bloodborne. And Bloodborne has guns in it. And I think it was called like Kingdom something. And it's like one of from's like earliest games. And it was, uh, it had guns in it. You could shoot you could shoot off like limbs of creatures and stuff. Oh, that sounds. Oh, like a um, uh, dead like space. space. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool actually. Pretty we similar. It was made show. like super long ago. It was made in like the nineties. There's like a... very early two thousands or something. So did you say there needs to be a dead space show? Yeah, like There's a some... like a live action. Oh, I thought you meant like an animation. That, right? No, no, I, I know the animation movies or whatever. Yeah. I've seen those. No, I want like live action Isaac. In the, in, in the ship. In the ship. I forget what the ship. I forget what the ship's called, but yeah, I can tell. I you. want it. I want it. Uh, yeah, but I think it would have worked. How do you guys feel about? And this is definitely off topic for what we what we reviewed that we were going to talk about. What do you guys think about guns and five E? People are like, it's, there's a very fine line of people that think it's acceptable, and then there's people that don't think it's acceptable. I've always been well, fine with the gunslinger, like, but it's got to be the gunslinger weapons, right? Like, it's got to be Baron's pistol, or like, simple, like a like a musket. Like, it's got to be like old school, yeah. early weapons. No, like M60. You can't, you can't be bringing like, yeah, or like, I don't know, even like more slightly advanced. I feel like maybe like a revolver, like cowboy weapons, is probably like the most advanced you can go. Yeah. CJ, I could agree with that. Um, I think cowboy weapons is definitely the farthest you should be able to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but as far as there, like, as far as there being guns in the campaign, I don't see why you would, like, to me, I don't see an issue with there being guns in a world setting where magic exists. Yeah. Because we live in a world where magic doesn't exist and mm -hmm. we made guns. Like, like, it can't be too terribly difficult to make firearms since we were able to do we it. We already did it, yeah. So, like, I don't I mean, there's really probably fireworks. Try it, but shit. I really don't see an issue with firearms being in D&D. Um, I'm honestly more surprised that they're not more prevalent as far as, like... Not even the fact that, like, everyone has... Like, I don't think everyone has have a gun or anything, but, mm -hmm. like... I got my there's on. that... There's that, like, thing to a gunslinger, if you have a gunslinger in your party, is that, like, no one knows what the fuck a gun is, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm surprised that, you know, people don't at least know what they are, you know what I mean? Right. I think it'd be cool if, because I don't, from what I remember, I don't think there's any creature with a stat block that has a gun. 
and I think it would be a fun thing to have as an option at least to be like maybe these bandits have simple weapon like gun weaponry maybe their misfire is a little bit higher than a normal gunslinger's stuff like that where it's just you know a little bit different than just a crossbow and a bow and arrow I think why uh, why we don't ever like or every time we have a gunslinger we're always like you know we play it as we've never seen that before or whatever it's because I think in lore for like 5e and pathfinder it's like it's like a dwarf secret weapon yeah it's like a newer thing even to the the dwarves so like, are pulling yeah, out yeah so like you know not a lot of people know about it because they're very secretive about it right. but i was gonna say the only time i really like have guns in my campaign or we have guns in like a campaign ever is if somebody is a gunslinger right if nobody's a gunslinger though they're never mentioned uh Luke mentioned a, when I did that one shot for like the scary house uh, one shot we were going to do. Uh, do you remember the one that Josh's power yeah. went out on? Yeah. Uh, Luke wanted to bring a gun since like the theme was like a cop, but he had like a musket where he was like forcing himself to reload it like a crossbow. And I was like, that's fine. I think that's fine. He was like a rogue. So he was only ever going to get one attack off per turn anyways, but I was like, I think that's fine. And it's a one-shot, so who cares? Like, we're just here to have a good time. Okay. But I'm, I'm glad to know that you guys aren't like... Because a lot of... Yeah, it's crazy to, to watch the internet and when they start listening to... Like, somebody will post something about guns and then it immediately turns into a feud again. Just cowboy weapons. Yeah. I feel like that's just reasonable. You can make it work. And, like, they're strong as fuck gunslingers, but, he, like, we've seen it with Josh's character, Henry. Like it balances out it really does yeah with the misfiring he, he does insane damage but yeah he misfires like every fourth or fifth shot yeah and then it only gets worse if he doesn't fix it so that like while he's dishing out maybe 60 damage a turn there's some turns where it's like 15 damage and then that's yeah. it or maybe some even a turn where he does nothing misfire yeah so it definitely has its gives and takes um I've heard two really good arguments for uh, guns. Uh, one is, one is always, you know, when there were people wearing armor, nobody was using a gun. And that's not totally accurate because the reason we stopped wearing armor was because of guns. Because guns could penetrate armor. So it was like, so let's just stop fucking wearing it. Because if guns never existed, we probably still, you know, armor would have. Yeah, went on for a much longer time yeah they were like there's no reason to wear plate mail if they're just going to be able to shoot through it so let's just cut that out real quick uh and then somebody else playing on cj's point was they were saying um if this was like earth it makes sense you know that it would take a little bit longer to get guns but we have magic and we have monsters and this isn't earth and we have all these crazy variables that never existed in earth's timeline so yeah they're probably gonna find out things a lot faster and whoever makes gun yeah. uh, fireworks is going to end up discovering how to make guns you yeah, know it's just, it's just a matter powder. of time it's yeah just like gunpowder yeah mm -hmm. all i'm saying is like i would say Feyrun is much more capable than oh, yeah. earth oh yeah right yeah so people who aren't into magic that want that kind of option like range but on a bow like, I feel like, um, like I said, I feel like not everyone should have a gun, but I feel like 
there should be like militia men. Like, you think like yeah. guards? Yeah. You know, like hound guards yeah. carry guns? Like a musket. Yeah, like maybe, yeah. I could see that. I think that'd be cool. Just like a handful of them. Not enough to where it'd be like only the specific guards have weaponry like that. Just right. to kind of make it a little different. Yeah. I feel like there should be enough to where guns aren't a foreign concept to like a majority of people in D&D. Right. Keeps them a little fresh. Keep it on our toes. Yeah, as long as you play it, it's like, yeah, it's just like a different version of a bow or a crossbow. It's like exactly. It's, it, it's literally the same thing. Yeah. Except I guess misfire, but you just right. know, you know what I mean. Like maybe you get like yeah, maybe there's like I would maybe like a higher die for damage because yeah. of that misfire, like on the gun or something. That's yeah. totally fine. I don't see a big deal with that. It's just flavor. Yeah, it's just yeah. And if it's not on your game, it's not on your game. That's fine. Don't bring other people into it. <clears throat> But now we have to get on to the actual news. Dark Souls, the role-playing game, has issued a statement. And I'm going to read that statement. And I am not going to stutter or miss the line once. Oh, let's, let's fucking go. Let's go! Got the water. You hear it? Hell yeah! yeah take a sip. Take All a right. swig. <clears throat> now I'm really nervous. Let okay. me ask, Scudder, in, in school, when like you got popcorn, mm -hmm. too, you know? <laughs> Were you were you having a hard time? No, it's 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 something that's developed a lot more over time, and it's also because I sit a lot further from my monitor when we do this. Okay. Um, because like if I enlarge this, I would have no problem. And when I'm reading in my head, or like just a normal book out loud, I have no problem. Uh, it's only when I'm on the podcast that I get stupid. So, all right, I'm here excited. we go. You want to hear Scud read this without fucking up one time? Give me a hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. We at Steamforge Games would like to issue a... Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Literally six words in. I started, yeah. I started thinking of CJ's hell yeah, and I started like getting distracted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're starting this over. What? What? <laughs> we at Steamforge Games would like to issue a sincere apology regarding the errors that have come to light in the dark souls the role-playing game we want to thank the community for all the feedback we have received through our customer support channels and online it's not been good feedback we are listening to your comments and recognizing and recognize the importance of the issues that have arisen we want to make it clear that we take this matter extremely seriously and therefore have decided the best course of action is to order rep reprints of the book issuing replacement copies to those customers who have already bought or pre-ordered the standard edition and or the collector's edition. The same applies to the PDF version we previously announced. Every customer who buys a copy of the printed rulebook will get a free PDF copy with a release date and details on how to get your copy coming soon. We ask for a little patience as we gather more detailed information regarding those reprints, the timescales involved, and how best to ensure we resolve this issue for each affected customer. As soon as we have these details, we will release them in the meantime. Oh, in the meantime, if you have any issues or questions, please contact us through our support hub. So basically, they were like, look, we, we fucked up. Good, though. At least they're acknowledging it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah at least they didn't just, like, ghost everybody. Yeah, at least they this weren't like, oh, well, on to the next project. Like I was saying last week when I was looking up Steamforge on Google... I was seeing complaints from their company in 2019. Mm -hmm. So I was really thinking that if they like kind of just let this one shit, that they might not be 
around much right. longer. So this is this is pretty good to see that you know this is really just step one. Yes, because they've got a lot to fix in that in that book. Um, oh yeah, but it's good to see that they're actually going to. Um, they definitely needed to come out with this statement. Oh yeah, definitely no. seems like uh, we weren't the only ones who felt the way that we felt last week. Oh no, there were a lot no, of people we upset. Yeah, that book was fucked up. That was yeah, that was horrible what they did. And it's yeah, still... I thought we were being rough and like I took a look on the internet and I was like, whoa. Yeah, no, the whole world is very <laughs> Some people upset. mad about this book. Let's just hope that the uh, especially the if you want the big edition. Yeah, yeah. If I'm spending a hundred dollars and I'm getting something like that, I'm I'm gonna be rather unhappy. Oh yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. Hopefully, let's hope the reprint isn't like hard to get. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, hopefully, it's not a problem getting the people who bought it already. Right. The, the new version. Um, I think it's funny that they mention uh, that they take this matter or this matter extremely seriously, as if they couldn't have taken it seriously before they issued out all the books. But I'm glad that they've at least come full circle and they're like look we we realize that there's obviously we've made a, a a lot of mistakes here uh let us try to fix this i wonder if just nobody got the pdf or if it's not supposed to come out till next month with i'm pretty sure the, the, the uh, american version okay i'm pretty sure i don't know if they confirmed it or not but when me and tyler talking about it last week we're pretty sure they don't want the pdf to get out before the american release because yeah, yeah. We'll the PDF is out before then, then you'll be able to get it. Right. <clears throat> so yeah. So hopefully, hopefully everybody gets what they want relatively soon. Um, and if it is a, a good, you know, story and they bring it back and everything, uh, I know we'll hear about it. So it's only a matter of time. Um, hopefully, if that's the case, we'll fucking play it. Yeah. Well, I I think we'll have to get a um. A, uh, a PDF version of it because it is sold out. It appears. Yeah, I mean, that's all he's gonna need anyway. I feel like Siege or, or Lane. <clears throat> Lane doesn't even like TTRPGs, but I feel like CJ would be like the only one who would want to have a physical book at least. Yeah, it would be. Well, it's it's a honestly, it's a very pretty book. Like this is a very nice book. It's a shame that it was, you know, missing. Yeah, a lot of its fa uh, key key components like spelling um i guess this is the normal book and this is the expensive book the the one with like the the bonfire ashes and whatnot is the uh the expensive book yeah it looks like it <sighs> I, yeah it makes me nervous about the runescape one that's coming because runescape could be really interesting too but i'm not gonna try to get on board if it's you know just crap yeah i don't blame you Actually, there is a little bit here. I may check this out and then go into this more next week. Um, but this could be fun. It could be interesting, at least. Oh, it looks like you'll be able to... Okay, I don't know. I'll read it later when I have time. Um, yeah, so there's Dark Souls. Hopefully everybody that, that, that bought a book gets what they deserve. Um, but there has been a leak in the 5e com community uh, with this new book coming out soon. The... Uh, how do you say his name again, Tyler? Mordekine. 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 And the uh, the multiverse of monsters has uh, has some leaks. Uh, don't know how accurate they are. They could be extremely off, for all we know. But um, 
So a lot of people were unhappy and a lot of people were mad at those people that were unhappy. The people that were unhappy were mad that this whole book essentially is just reworks of everything. There's no 30 new races. It's just pretty much reworks of already designed races. And I think a lot of the monsters in here from what one guy reviewed was it's reworks and updates of older monsters. And some of those changes are things like they got plus one more AC than last time. Their hit dice is a little bit better. Their their damage was upped a little bit and things like that. So hopefully hopefully you weren't excited that there was going to be 250 new monsters because that's what I was hoping for. It is not the case, apparently. There may be some new monsters, but not as many as that. Even just like the rework seems like so uh just like i don't know i didn't pitiful like all you did is add like ac and and hit points is like that's what i'll do i'll just yeah. do that yeah i could just give me like new abilities or something okay and it's only 30 bucks thankfully i thought it was gonna end up being like a 60 dollars project and i was like ah, i don't know about that but 30 bucks i could i could be on board for that that's that's okay um Spelljammer is already on here as well. For fifty bucks, interesting. When is it uh, out? August. August sixteenth. That's when. That's probably when we'll start playing Starfinder again. Maybe we'll talk okay. Seth and do it. Um, I feel like I feel like this is going to be so much easier to like Spelljammer. Be so much easier to understand. It may be, and if it's if it truly is around that time, we may ask him to just switch if he could. If it's not too much, I don't know if. Uh, I don't know how much he's put into it, but yeah, we'll definitely have to see. Spelljammer could be good. It could be extremely horrible for all we know. Uh, <laughs> um, but, okay, but one of the things, the, the races that they are changing, uh, some of these are really cool. Some of these aren't super crazy cool. Um, I think they're getting rid of sub races. I think that's less of a thing now. And I think, or maybe it's that some of the sub races are coming to be their own races now, such as like Deep Gnome and uh, Sea Elf. I think they're going to start being their own form of race. Um, there's a few things on this list that I don't recognize, such as a, um, a Her Herangon, which I think is the rabbit race. Uh, a Dwargar. I don't remember a Dwargar being in the game. Dwargar are those underground dwarves. Oh, uh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Um... A Shader Kai, I don't know what that is. Uh, but so there's some cool things. Uh, Fairy Essie is on the list. Um, Aladrin. Uh, there's a Shifter and a Changeling on here. So I think Shifters actually are kind of like more Druid like more than they are like uh, Changelings. Does this talk about on here the uh, what the class or what the races are? Can you what is what does it say for Fairy? Like I just can't imagine somebody playing a Fairy in my mind. One of our followers actually played a fairy. Uh, they have no change currently on nice. this list. So what's the point of them being in this book? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's not leaked. Maybe it's not leaked. Yeah. I don't know. I spelled fairy. I'm not fucking doing that. Um, fairies are kind of cool. I've read into them. One of our followers on the page actually played one. I made a, an item with uh, his character in mind. Uh... I think they're like small creatures. I think they can do a few cool things. They maybe will turn invisible, uh, like as one of their um, race spells. Uh, 
but uh, some of the races that have been changed is Aracocra, Kokra. Uh, Asimar has some changes. It looks like uh, Centaur. We didn't look at those. We kind of read some of these last night. Me and Todd did. Yuan T got a heavy nerf. So if you play Yuan T, I'm gonna say balanced nerf. It's actually not really. It 100 percent is needed. As somebody it, who's playing Yuan T, it is yeah 100 the way to go. Dude, I didn't notice Goliath was on this list. What are they doing to Goliath? Goliath, natural athlete and powerful build have been combined into a trait called Little Giant. Okay. And Stone's Endurance, okay, can now be used uh, per your proficiency bonus times per long rest. That's a really good change too. Stone's Endurance was like, they could use their reaction to like nullify the hit or something to like a lower damage. Uh, but it was pretty bad because you would only get it once per long rest. So you're just like waiting for that one opportunity every fight. Hobgoblin looks like it got a good amount of changes to it with Fey Ancestry, Fey Gift. Um, hostility, passage, spite. Uh, oh, that's a few things that they get from the fake gift. Um, Kinku got some changes. Cobalt's got some changes. Lizard folk. Do lizards freaking anything crazy? Hunter's lore. Hungry jaws. They can now use hungry jaws uh, as many times as their proficiency bonuses per long rest. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Minotaur got some stuff. I didn't even know Minotaur was a playable race. Huh. Um, Orcs got a few minor adjustments. Uh, really a lot of just, um... It does not... Orc does not have primal intuition anymore. It's the Orc, D&D Beyond. Do you guys know what that is? Primal intuition? Um... I don't know if you guys have played an orc or not. I have not played just I've not. Orc. You've played one. You played that orc of Alexandria. Uh, yeah, but I'm wondering if there's a is there there, there may be an, here. Yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe it was. Maybe it's in both of them. Let me see. Orc traits. Primal intuition is your proficiency in two of the following. Okay, so you just get proficiency in two mm -hmm. things. Uh, they are removing that from orcs. They know they do not get that anymore. Well, are they giving them something? No, just straight up removes it. They get a uh, re relentless endurance now that half orcs also get. Okay, um, that makes sense. Yeah, so they kind of made it a little bit more similar. I wonder if orcs of Alexandria they also get primal intuition. Uh, they do. Okay. Um, they're changing up the way magic resistance works. Uh, it used to be the trait covered. You had advantage on saving throws against spells and magical effects. Now it is only spells. It is no longer magical effects. Uh, I don't know what a Shader Kai is. I feel like I should. Oh, it might be an elf thing. Interesting. Okay. Never heard of Shader Kai before. I've never. Well, I didn't know she, a sea elf was in the game until last night. It's just a, uh, a sub race of elf. Um, and they're just pretty much like elves that live underwater. That's that's really about the only thing that's different. Um, for all the turtle fans out there, you can now be a medium or small sized turtle. Uh, your claws have much better damage now, and uh, survival instinct they or they gain survival instinct uh, replaced with nature's intuition, uh, which is basically what the orcs just got. But now the turtles and lizard folk have that, where they get uh, two proficiencies. 
I uh, I speak as all Tortle stands uh, that we are all still upset. Not the change we wanted. What was the change? Give me a longer life expectancy. <laughs> fucking turtles. That is a good point. How long? I do think they live? in the book it says they only live to like eighty. Oh, that's pretty short. It's a turtle. Yeah. There's like tortoises in real life that are like two hundred years old or some shit. Yeah, I always picture um, turtles like being old. Every time you meet them, they're like old. Yeah. So. hundred uh, percent. So, uh, uh, me speaking for all turtle stands. We're not I'm gonna read out the Yuan T one, even though we checked out last night. I think the people would find it interesting. Um, they took out the pure blood, removed uh, they removed that from the Yuan T name, so it's just Yuan T now. Um, they can be medium or small. Uh, their poison immunity has been downgraded to poison resistance. Uh, so previously they had complete immunity to the poison damage and uh, condition. So they changed that. Uh, magic resistance will be changed, uh, you know, it'll no longer affect, uh, or help you against saving throws of magical effects. And they, they've changed up innate spellcasting in this book, where in, it used to be like, uh, like as a gnome, I could cast minor illusion once per day, but now they have hard baked. If your race can cast a spell and you have spell slots, you can cast that spell with any of your spell slots. That way, it's it's kind of like a instead of a one day per use thing, you can use it as many times as you want. Uh, so the Yuan T, they used to be able to cast Animal Friendship on snakes, um, but now it has been renamed to Serpentine Spellcasting. Uh, it got the new innate spellcasting updates, and with the exception that you cannot cast Animal Friendship from this trait using spell sh- spell slots. Okay, so they're still locked into. The, the, the way that it previously right because I, I think animal friendship covers all animals theirs is just snakes right okay um kobolds gained some new things it wasn't anything too crazy um they took away their sunlight sensitivity and pack tactics that sucks bro pack tactics was so fun to have on a kobold that if it worked just like a wolf's pack tactics that if you were within like Five feet of an ally, you gain advantage on attack rolls. Uh, so it sucks they lose that. Uh, they but they also lose sunlight sensitivity where they got that debuff for being in direct sunlight. Uh, Grovel, cower, and beg has been reworked into draconic cry. Uh, what it does is it now affects enemies you can hear within or that can hear you within ten feet instead of those that you can see or that can see you. Um, the advantage on attack rolls against them is now granted to you as well. Lastly, the effect now lasts until the start of your next turn instead of the end of your next turn. Oh, okay. Uh, and then they gained Cobalt Legacy, uh, which allows them three different options. One of them is you get to learn one cantrip from the Sorcerer spell list, and you get to choose your, uh, spellcasting modifier. Oh, that's another thing with the Nate spellcasting that they did was... It used to be like locked in. It was like if you choose this race, this spell you can cast must be cast with like constitution. But now you can choose if you want it to be intelligence, wisdom, or charisma, making it so much better and so much easier to use the cantrip that you choose um, to help yourself. 
So it, it was a good you change. Should, uh, you should read the Kenku. I was reading some of that while you were when you were talking about the Kobold. Ooh. It's got. I, I didn't. I didn't realize it, it had some of the stuff it had. So they had expert forgery, which is now being renamed to expert duplication. Uh, you now have advantage when making an exact duplicate of writing slash craftwork made by yourself or someone else, instead of just someone else. Oh, no longer That's states awesome. that you can make forgeries, just exact duplicates. Hmm. Uh, then you have Ku, uh, Kinku training, which has been upgraded into Kinku recall. Uh, you now gain any two skills of your choice. Additionally, you can give yourself advantage on a skill check you have profic proficiency in uh, equals to your proficiency bonus times per long rest. That's pretty good. That's pretty awesome. And then mimic insight checks on your intimidations are now against a DC eight plus your. So kind of like a normal thing, except it is against your uh, your charisma modifier. So it's eight plus PB plus your charisma mod instead of contested deception checks. That is actually really nice. Yeah, those are good changes. That's a pretty solid. You can also be now, it says medium or small, which is cool. They say that with a lot of the races that I've been kind of reading through. Um, of course, now that I'm looking for them, I don't see any. Did it say uh, that with Cobalt? I didn't see. Uh, Cobalt, no, I think they're always small. This is the reason why. Um, but uh, you want to, I think it said you could be small. Tabaxi, you can now be medium or small. Portal, you can be medium or small. Tabaxi? Yeah. Tortle too? Wow. You want to, yeah, you can be small or medium. What the uh, fuck? Yeah, I don't know why this changed all of a sudden. Tabaxi, did they get anything interesting? Oh, your climbing speed is now equal to your walking speed. Oh my Pretty god. Good. Think about think about a fucking monk now. Um, yeah, for real. And your cat claws uh, damage is increased to 1d6 plus strength uh, when you use your, uh, your unarmed strength with your claws. Uh, there's one. Oh, uh, Ganassi. Each of the Ganassis have gotten a, an addition as well. So, some of them are not that great. Some of them are cool. So, first off, Air Ganassi. They can be medium or small. Their speed is 35. Each of the Ganassi now has dark vision. Uh, air has 60 feet out. Uh, they also gain lightning resistance which is pretty nice. Uh, and they have a new ability called Mingle with the Min, or Mingle with the Wind. Mingle with the Min. You do not immediately have the ability to cast Levitate. The feature now lets you cast Shocking Grasp. Once you reach third level, you can cast Featherfall once per long rest, and at fifth, you can cast Levitate. The trait will receive the innate spellcasting mentioned above. So they kind of nerfed that ability. Used to just be able to cast Levitate, I remember that. So now you can do it, but you have to be 5th level at least. Uh, Earth Ganassi, they gain Dark Vision 60 feet. Um, instead of Merge with Stone, uh, it has been reworked to Mingle with Stone. Uh, which is, you do not gain the ability to cast Pass Without Trace until 5th level. You also learn that Blade Ward Cantrip and can cast it as a bonus action per your proficiency bonus per long rest. And that was one of my favorite changes was that they can use Blade Ward as a, uh, a bonus action because Blade Ward is not super good from what I remember. Yeah, I believe that's correct. I think, let's see, Blade Ward. Blade Ward, come on, D&D Beyond, give it to me. 
You extend your hand and trace a sigil of warding in the air until the end of your next turn. You have resistance against bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing dealt by weapon attacks. You make yourself rage for an action as an action. That's just kind of lame. But as a bonus action, not bad. Not bad. Um, so yeah, that works out. It's kind of a nerf because you lose your pass without trace, but... Well, you don't lose it, but you gain it at 5th level. Um, Fire Ganassi, really nothing changed. Uh, you can yeah. now cast Flame Blade once you reach 5th level. Uh, and the, the trait received the innate spellcasting mentioned above. Um, so they can cast Flame Blade now, which is kind of cool. But that's it. That's really the only change. Uh, and then Water Ganassi, crazy. They gained uh, Dark Vision. Uh, they also gained a swim speed equal to their walking speed. Uh, and then they have their feature Call to the Wave. Shape Water has been replaced with Acid Splash, which is a very nice uh, change. Um, you can now cast Water Walk once you hit level 5, and the trait received the NA casting uh, updates. So they, overall, they were, they were good changes, I think. A uh, little bit different. Some of them were kind of nerfed. Some of them were improved. Um, I thought it was an interesting that they even got, you know, attention at all. I, I figured it would be a little bit better, if anything, but I guess you take what you get. Uh, oh, I was interested in reading uh, Burbolg. Burbolg received the innate spellcasting updates mentioned above. Also, the, this use of Disguise Self allows you to appear three feet shorter or taller. Oh, that must be a Burbolg only thing. Okay. Uh, hidden mm -hmm. steps can now be used equal to your proficiency bonus and speech of beast and leaf specifies that you can communicate with beast, plants, and vegetation. Okay. So they got they got some they got some good changes. I think. Uh besides definitely that, some good changes. I just hate how everything has dark vision. Yeah. 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 Tali, you want to check out Asimar? Is it yeah, Asimar? Is it Asimar? Is it Asadamar? I always call it I think it's Asimar. Asimar. I always call it Asimar. Asimar. Okay. Uh, Asimar no longer has sub races, so I don't okay. know what that means. Um, I mean, they have they had the three different ones. Remember how I told you I chose the one without mm -hmm. wings? Without the wings, yeah. Yeah. Um, they can be medium or small. They, they hit... did the same thing with Warforged. They took away all the subclasses. Or the sub races or whatever. That's right, yeah, where they had like the uh, the tanky version and then there's like the assassin version, yeah. I still like to play with that way. Sorry, continue. Uh, healing hands, the hit points regained from this trade has been changed from your level to a number of D4 equal to your proficiency bonus. That's not bad, I that's, guess. That's Could be better. So, so I right now I'm at level 13, so I have just 13 hit points I can give somebody. Uh, or I would have... 5d4. I guess that's not terrible. I guess that's not terrible. It's just different. Um, Celestial Revelation, semi-new. Instead of a sub-race choice, the different, transformation, tr different transformations have now been combined into a single trait. Now when you reach third level, you can choose which transformation you will have. The transformations can now be entered as a bonus action. You can do it as a bonus action now, Tyler. Uh, it doesn't affect my character, but it's pretty cool. Cool. Uh, necrotic Shroud no longer affects your allies. The extra necrotic damage is now equal to your PB. 
radiant consumption both sources of radiant damage are now equal to your pb and the feature no longer hurts yourself uh radiant soul the gain the gain flying speed is now equal to your walking speed and the extra radiant damage is equal to your pb interesting you know one thing i didn't think about was checking out gift yankee for um they really try to uh, switch gears what's that should they switch gears just a little bit um they removed decadent mastery and martial prodigy and now there is astral knowledge when you finish a long rest you f you gain proficiency of one skill of your choice with one with one weapon slash tool of your choice it lasts until the next long rest that's pretty cool actually uh get the yankee pro psychonics Psy Psy psionetics Psyonet how do you say that word highlight psionics Psionics, Psionic. I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, receive the innate spellcasting and then psychic resistance. They have resistance to psychic damage. That's huge. That's really nice. Um, and then get the uh, get Zerai also had the same changes pretty much, um, except for the astral knowledge and the uh, the the traits that were removed. They just gained the Sion uh, Sion. Yep, and psychic resistance. <laughs> Uh, besides that, I don't think CJ. What are you playing? You're playing a um, in um, shoot, in Mad Mage. What are you playing? You're playing uh, Leonin. I'm playing a Leonin. Leonin. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like they got any changes on here. Uh, there's been a few more changes, but we won't go through every single one of them. Uh, some cool things have changed. Uh, they've you know made some more um edits to a couple things something that seems to be that they're trying to get into more of is how ability scores work um every race reprinted in this book no longer grants preset ability score increases instead you can either choose increase one ability score by two and another by one or you can increase three different ability scores by one i don't know if i like that it kind of takes away from the this is what the race is like yeah i agree with that like their natural born abilities are kind of thing but i guess it'll be all right it'll work out i know a lot of people like this method a lot more of the you get to choose where your ability scores lay but i'd rather just do a point by and then just have set reset abilities mm -hmm. uh da, 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 da. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, there's a few changes, like I said. Um, a few minor condition changes, but besides that, it, that's pretty much what the book is going to feature the most of. Um, I'm glad we pretty much get it for free through Josh, but I, I, I wouldn't see myself being that interested in getting this book just based on this. And that's mainly because we kind of already have the player's handbook like these things these changes aren't so drastic that it just completely changes the game so yeah it's not it's not worth a buy to me but since we have a friend that buys them all for us on uh beyond it's it's worth it I'll, I'll check it out and i wonder if um on D, D beyond if i'll be given an option to use the old races or the new races like options because if that's the case uh, i may change up my character on uh mad mage 
And now, this is the biggest news. This is the news that really blew up the internet today. And that is Spelljammer and Dragonlance have been confirmed. Uh, I don't think that there has been a ton released on them just yet. Uh, I know we're getting Spelljammer. I th oh, where did I see Spelljammer? Uh, in four months. What is that? That's May, June, July. Think... Is that August? Yeah, it was August. August, okay. Um... Is this on your birthday? August, birthday? August 16th. Whose birthday is that? Oh, I don't know. I thought you said it's your birthday. No. What are you talking I don't know. I thought that's what you said. That's what you said. That's what you said. Um, I think it's supposed to Josh's birthday. It could be. I don't know anybody's yeah. birthday, so I can't say. I, I, I only, I, I feel like I only know Josh's birthday. I know CJ's birthday is next Friday, because he told me. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. It's very exciting. Little early, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one of the things you're going to be able to get with the, the bundle they're selling right now, um, there's a campaign in it called the Light of Araxis, I think. Um, and it is a adventure designed for characters of level five through eight. That is extremely small to me. For yeah, like, not long at all. There's just three levels. That's just a. It's like a micro campaign. I just want to know how the classes are going to work. That's what I want to know. Right. So what we would need to check out is the Astral Adventures guide. This what is. What does it say? What, read that first paragraph. Welcome to the. Wait, this one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, welcome to the Astral Plane, the starlit realm that surrounds the world of the D and D multiverse. Hop aboard a spell jamming ship and set a course for the, for adventure. In wild space, everyone can hear you scream. The Astral Adventurer's Guide is intended for players and dungeon masters keen to explore the Spelljammer setting. This book contains the following. Backgrounds and races for PCs, spells and magic items, rules for running D&D campaigns set in wild space in the Astral Sea, ship, ship descriptions and deck plans, the Rock of Brawl, an asteroid city that can serve as both an adventure location and a campaign. I'm guessing campaign hub, but they, they cut off the B, so it just said, hey, you. Uh, all book assets and information will be fully integrated for the VTT, including all new stat blocks, items, maps, with GM layer information and dynamic lighting support. And I'm reading all this from the uh, Roll20 site. It's not, um, it, it's not like Starfinder, where it's like a space world, it sounds like, right? It literally sounds like this is another just yeah yeah okay so that's different yeah so it's not totally so i i guess this way you could take your D, D 5e character and put them into Spelljammer, and it makes sense you know what i mean like they're just traveling to a different plane um i don't really know what the third book is booze astral menagerie the astral plane holds more than just the promise of adventure among the stars. It is also the home of, to some of the most fantastic creatures. Um, oh, it's 60 creatures found in wild space. Which 60 creatures doesn't seem like a lot. Well, I guess it's a pretty good amount of creatures to pick from because you use some of them multiple times. But yeah, so so basically there's a monster manual, one adventure and the like player's handbook that you get in this bundle they're selling right now. Um, hopefully that's really cool. We're not super interested in it that I'm aware of, 
but it could replace Starfinder for us. I think we'll at least probably finish this, but I don't I don't see us going back to Starfinder. I haven't been overly impressed with the system. I can't really speak for the other guys, but we need like a just like a good book, you know what I mean, of Starfinder. Yeah. I feel like we need like a good uh, adventure that's like set maybe like I feel like maybe we were going too wide. Like maybe we just needed something on like the just like to yeah, break the like, crust. Yeah, I can't remember what the the space station, whatever it's called. Absolutely. I feel like you guys could have uh, could have benefited from staying on book for a while longer. I think so. Just so we from got our from what I gathered, because I'm not in that campaign, and mm -hmm. I only heard like a couple of things about it. Mm -hmm. But uh, you guys weren't like on a module for very long until you guys started doing homebrew stuff. Yeah, I believe so. It was I like think being the on the intro. module would have helped everybody. Like even even DM included. Yeah, maybe. Well, it just helps, you know, having a pre-written adventure to just reference rather than having and to come up with so it. It's so hard to homebrew. I can't imagine having to do it in a new system. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, Spelljammer is coming out soon. And when I say soon, I mean in four months. Um, but this is the thing I'm excited for. So I did some light reading on Dragonlance. I think it's supposed to be a trilogy of adventures that they're putting out. Uh, Dragon's Lance has been putting out stories uh, since the 80s. Um, so it's like a really, really cool thing that they are coming into this again. So what they are releasing. The world of Kryn needs heroes once more as the Dragonlance campaign setting is returning. Um... The return of Dragonlance to D&D was recently hinted at in the in an Unearthed Arcana article, which featured playtest material for different races, backgrounds, and subclasses from the setting. It sounds very exciting. It sounds like it's a whole new thing for D&D to, to jump into. Um, I'll read this. This is, I think, kind of like the, uh, the brief synapse of what the story is supposed to take us around. So Dragonlance is set in the world of Kryn which was once one of the three-man campaign worlds of D&D, alongside Earth from Greyhawk and Faerun from the Forgotten Realms, the world of Kryn has gone through a lot of changes, but it started, it started out as a planet that had been abandoned by its gods, resulting in an apocalyptic event known as the Cataclysm. Or cataclysm. The evil goddess Takhisis, an aspect of Tiamat, returns to Kryn with an army of evil dragons in tow to take over the world. The good and neutral gods return to the world to oppose her, beginning beginning the conflict known as the War of the Lance. The Dragonlance setting is best known for its novels, okay, which kicked off the with the Dragons of Autumn Twilight in 1984 and are still going to this day with Dragons of Deceit launching in August. So it's a book series that's been converted to a campaign setting. That's awesome. Uh, I would recommend watching the teaser trailer. It's extremely good. Um, I think the book is supposed to come out late this year. So it's really exciting to see like what exactly we're going to get into. But something that's coming out with this game. So there's the campaign setting that we're going to get. And then there is another game they're releasing too. It's 5e compatible. And it plays along with this setting. And it is a large scale war style of playing the game so i'm going to read this <clears throat> 
The Dragonlance adventure book is called Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen, and it will tell a new story from the opening of the War of the Lance. The battle game is called Dragonlance Warriors of Kryn, and almost nothing is known about it. The contents of Shadow of the Dragon Queen and Warriors of Kryn have options that can link them together. It seems that Warriors of Kryn will, will feature mass battle rules. And the idea is that the group will be conducting both a large-scale conflict as well as small-scale adventures, giving Dragonlance's War of the Lance an epic scope seldom seen in the D&D adventure. What I'm looking forward to is getting the rules of how to do mass combat and then being able to convert that into whatever setting we want it to be. So, like, imagine taking if, like, Kingmaker was in a 5e setting in a war. and you guys wanted to use the war rules, we could probably do that now. That'd be pretty cool. Would it be? Yeah, this sounds awesome. But, like, I'm thinking, like, even in, like, Dylan's campaign, if you guys had an army, you know, with your Abyss Walker crew, and let's say, like, oh, it kind of reminds you of um, Wrath of the Righteous, the Pathfinder game, and yeah. how you would, like, move your tokens of your army across the board. Meanwhile, you're going and doing, like, dungeons and stuff, and, like, fighting, like, the uh, the head honcho, they're handling what's going on outside the world. I think that'd be really cool. I think it's going to be extremely cool. Um, I think this, uh, the UA we read a couple weeks ago was, uh, Heroes of Kryn. So it may release with this Dragonlance book, actually. So that actually makes a lot of sense. Okay, yeah, it's all starting to come together now because a lot of the backgrounds in that UA we read had, um, oh, what was it? It had a lot of, um... Like, how to build a knight, you know what I mean? And, like, how to build a mage. And that's, like, a lot of things that were featured in the Dragonlance. There's a lot of combat, a lot of battle magic, a lot of uh, knights and, like, fighting dragons and stuff like that. I think it'd be really cool. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but, uh, I mean, like, that's it. I mean, some huge drops today. I was very, very excited. Yeah, really. This this Dragonlance thing sounds pretty fucking awesome. What do you think, CJ? Are you into it? Oh yeah, I think it sounds sweet, dude. Yeah, I'm also um, mad into it. It kind of makes me want to look into the series a little bit, actually, because it sounds like a, a killer setting. It really does. A planet that's been abandoned by the gods. So it's just went into full chaos. And now they're all coming I'm back. Pretty badass. There was something I saw that um, that their settings have uh, and like kind of their campaign games they've made in past past editions focused a lot on um, alignment with like good aligned creatures and evil aligned creatures because that's pretty much what's fighting is good and good versus evil here. And now that Five E has kind of done away with the alignment system being so like strict that it could cause a change in like the way they had to make their stories work. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something else. I don't remember who I was hearing that from, but they were kind of talking about how like how in D&D &D they're slowly getting rid of alignment while it used to be an extremely prominent like part of the game where like evil aligned creatures were like, you know, a good aligned creature could fight a, an evil aligned creature and get bonuses and things like that, but so I, I, I'm I'm interested to see what's going to come of it. I, I have a feeling it's going to be extremely good. I think for a while there, there was a lawsuit going back and forth with Wizards and Dragonlance. Um, something about them wanting to 
cancel the book, but they had already been signed onto a contract and they're going back and forth and back and forth. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see that it, it finally all worked out and I think it's gonna work out for the better. As long as it doesn't Dark Souls. Yeah, I don't think it will. Yeah, hopefully not. Um, but that's it. I mean, we're coming up on an hour here. Uh, we're 55 minutes in. Is there anything you guys want to talk about? Oh, wait, was there anything else? Or was that it? I think that was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, there's one. Get to no, the, that, the there's red. one. What's the red? Oh. Yeah, well, that, that's what I was going to bring up, too. You know what? We have plenty to talk about this. So. I feel like it's not that long. It, it shouldn't be. Plus, I've already talked to the person that sent it in. So he's already gotten some idea. So <clears throat> somebody wrote into the, the, the show recently. And from their experience, they are now going to be running a six-person campaign. And they were curious, how do they implement the backstory of six people? Because everything they had run previously only had three people in it. So they're going, you know, they're doubling their player count. And they were kind of wondering, like, what should I do? Like, what's something I can do to help that process? So what I told them, and this is kind of what I've been doing for Pathfinder, kind of design when you're when you're going through and you're prepping your your game because we did a, a pre-made kingmaker book i was like okay these are my character's story these are my player's story this is the regular story and i would find a way to implement all of the backstories into the story the only thing that i was kind of skeptical on was i was like well what happens if one of them dies like well, do i change the story do i alter it but I think the best thing I've done is if they die, I just consider it. I just do the same exact thing, but you know, with the realization that this character has died. So one of our characters, uh, Tao's character, Elias, he was like maybe two sessions away from the session that I set up that he would meet his brother. And I had like all this prepped out. I had all this like scenarios running in my head of what could happen. And then he dies and I'm like, shit, what am I going to do? I've prepped out like this whole story, this whole future. What do I do? And I was pretty much just like, well, how would, how would the brother react? And just wrote that into the story as, you know, he'd be upset. He would kind of want, he would be jealous of the king that got to spend so much time with his brother while he didn't, yada, yada, yada. And now he still exists in the campaign without actually being a player in the campaign. Um, so what I, I recommended the guy essentially was just write them into the story as if they exist in that world, uh, but don't do it too early. You gotta let them kind of grow into their characters. You have to see who they actually are and who they want their character to really become. And that's when you start implementing stuff into their story because you wanna see, and you want them to get the right feel of th that they know who they are before you start writing out who they know what do you guys think i know cj hasn't really ran any games yet but he's i been feel like you're playing. pretty i feel like you're pretty dead on i mean in my in the campaign i ran what it was is like i waited a while to bring in the backstory you know like you guys had like talked about it or whatever but mm -hmm. you guys pretty much finished like the small little campaign hook there was i mean like you know you went into wave echo cave mm -hmm. you know and finished it and then it was kind of just like, okay, well, then you RP'd and your characters were like, well, you know, Scudder's character was like, you know, I got to go save my dad. And everybody's like, we'll help. 
you know? Yeah. And then after that, it was like, Kahim shows up. Kahim's like, listen, you know, other character in the party, that's Scudder's new character is Kahim. You know, <laughs> other character in the party, we're, uh, we're connected and like we have to go and do this thing and like that just like that turned into a whole story itself and then like the the ending was, or like even i forgot the like other part was like shane's demon thing i just made like a whole oh, arc. Yeah. i just did arcs i just pretty much did arcs yep and like every character got their arc and it sucks for like seth who had to wait last but then it's cool because then like your story ends with the story you right. know so i just did it as arcs pretty much I enjoyed the arc style. Like, uh, yeah, like an anime. Yeah. Just like there was Z the Zana saving the dad arc. There was the Kahim trials arc. There was the demon fighting arc. And then there was the fighting Seth's lich brother arc. I feel I feel like the Kahim one was supposed to be more about Josh in a way. Uh, Nevitasha's char character story, but it ended up being more Kahim. For sure. Yeah. CJ, how did you feel about the arcs? Did you enjoy the arc system? Yeah, the arcs are my favorite. Um, I, I enjoyed them a lot, too. I think that the best way to run, like, to make sure that, like, backstories and, like, people are interested in the setting <clears throat> is to have the, the character's backstory involved in some way. Um, whether the entire, like, objective of story or of the campaign right now was is backstory related like whenever you know we went to go save Zana's dad or whenever we went to mm -hmm. fucking uh what what's the continent Tyler um where uh Aegis from yeah Eldoran no Eldoran. Uh, well no. It, it's it's in uh it it's the Eberron book but it was core by year core by year oh yeah. that's right Whenever we went to Corvair for 80, like that stuff was very backstory driven. Um, and that was like the, our main objective. Um, or you could run a campaign and the backstory is part of the setting, but it's not like the main driver. Um, kind of like our Pathfinder setting right now where my character Wolf is going through an arc right now and it's very prevalent but the objective of the campaign is to still keep our kingdom afloat right and to like move our kingdom upwards um so i think as long and at in my opinion i think it's very important to try and not do everyone's backstory at once that's why i like the arts yeah. thing a lot is because yeah. i feel like if you try and fit everybody's backstory in um you'll start getting some resolutions that not everybody likes. Um, and I mean, it, it can be like that, even if you do just have like an arc, you know, and you don't get your the resolution that you don't like. But, you know, if you're trying to do everybody's backstory at once or tie them all together, then it's going to be hard to please everybody in any way. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, at, at that point, it's not like, you know, I couldn't save my dad because, you know, I rolled bad whenever I needed to roll good or, you know, whatever like that. It's just, you know, when it comes to characters' backstories, people really like to have things happen a certain way. Um, and trying to make things happen a certain way for your whole party at once seems like a, a pretty, tall task. Yeah. 
So it's I feel like it's very important to just focus on one or two backstories at a time. Not to like say not to say that you have to put somebody else on the back burner, but like don't like focus on everybody. You just focus on one or two people's backstories and then let that progress. Especially when it's six people. Cause that's like a lot of paths you that's have That's exactly to... how we, that's exactly how many we had yeah. in, in, the, in the arc system. And I feel like it worked pretty, out pretty perfect. But like trying to do them all at once, you know what I mean? Like trying to yeah. multitask yeah, them together. That's, that's a, that's a challenge. If it's a three people, you could definitely do that together. But yeah, cause I think right now in um, Pathfinder and Kingmaker, I'm really focusing on. There's three characters I'm kind of like looking towards right now, story wise, and that's. Um, I've enjoyed watching Eliana's, and I've enjoyed kind of like watching her backstory kind of play and work out. Um, Wolf's obviously, and uh, Juicito's right now. Those are the three that I've been watching, and I've been like, this is the ones I'm focusing on right now. I'll worry on the other guys later, especially since like two of them are also newcomers. Um, it's kind of easier to let them like still kind of grow into their own form and to kind of like watch them take shape before I jump in there and try to like give them options and stuff so yeah I, I think that was pretty good advice all around though just don't do everything at once that's pretty much what you have to do treat it like an anime bro treat it like an anime the arcs going you can have little drops you know a little little hint towards the other arcs coming up later yep. you know maybe tell your you know, players like tell your players you know drop a little hint in there you know next time you're at the campfire talk about your brother yeah that's that's uh that's one thing that i'm gonna try and do with like my that i've been trying to do with wolf mm -hmm. so that way it's not, like all happening at once you know what i mean yeah um, but, uh, man, I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> what are you're you trying, trying to, you're trying to slow roll it. You're trying to, you know, each, each campfire talk, you're giving uh, a little bit more, getting it, well, you know, involved with the story. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I feel like, get, like, dropping little things is nice, especially whenever you're doing the, the rest or whatever. Um, my favorite but another piece of advice that i would give uh which was what i was about to say before i forgot is um it's it's also not super important like if you're gonna have like a backstory to like have a specific resolution or have like something you know is about to happen because like right now and it you know i think it might be a little biased because it's my character but wolf's like arc that's going on right now is my favorite that's happened in any of our games so far let's go um and whenever it started like i didn't really have an end goal for my character's backstory it just kind of happened and now it's in the spotlight so it it's not like always super important to write up your backstory and then write up like this is how he's gonna resolve his backstory this is the ending and like you know have his you know everything wrote out before you even start the campaign because sometimes just having enough to set something up can make something super cool happen organically that you couldn't have possibly wrote 
Yeah. That's also a strong point. Like, Wolf... Wolf becoming King's bodyguard and multi-classing in the samurai. Like, I couldn't have wrote that. You know what I mean? Like, we had to let that happen. Still surprised you're going to try class into something, too. You said you feel like I'm going to? Yeah. Yeah, get a little cleric dip. Inquisitor. Oh, no. No cleric dip. Just go inquisitor in honor of your friend that died. That died. All right, guys. Well, it's been an hour. It's been an hour and eight minutes. This is it. This is the ending of the pod. This was a good pod. We covered a lot of stuff. This is a fun one. But uh, thank you guys for joining me. Solid, yeah, it was a solid session we had today. But uh, thank you all for joining me. Uh, Thank you, Tyler, CJ, for being here. And uh, we'll see you all next session. Play the outro.